0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the sports fan, presented by J and K Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Ross Christ. What's happening
1: in southeastern Ohio? Hope you're having a good start to your week. It's a day off. Happy Juneteenth to everyone out there. It's not a day off for us, though, because we've got a lot to cover here in the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting. Welcome to the show. I was up in Wisconsin this weekend, and the baseball team from Wisconsin came to Cincinnati this weekend, so we did a swap. Unfortunately, I brought my A game where I caught a ton of fish, and Cincinnati did not. They got swept by the brew crew in Cincinnati. We're going to look, look, what went wrong for the big red machine as the Dodgers come to Cincinnati tomorrow. First pitch at 640. You can listen to all the action here on 97.1 WATH. The U.S. Open is done and dusted, but someone not from the U.S. won it. Congratulations to Matt Fitzpatrick of England. We're going to look at everything that happened this past weekend in Brookline, Massachusetts from the country club and... Is it good for golf that a PGA Tour member won it? What does that mean for the LIV Tour? The Stanley Cup playoffs head down south to Tampa, and Tampa's trying to get their first win in this series as they are down 2-0 against the Avs. Can they get it done tonight at 8 o'clock? I would say it's a do-or-die matchup for the two-time defending champions. What else do we got on the show today? Of course, we're going to give you our surefire hot picks of the evening. Carl and I were both right last week. It's the first time it's happened in this booth. And we have our Southeastern Ohio sports fan question of the day. And we'll lead in with that. Who is the max men's basketball all-time career leading scorer? Your clues are they played for Ball State the Portland Trailblazers, the Sacramento Kings, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Houston Rocklets, Rockets, and the Charlotte Hornets. 740-592-6646. The phone lines are open. And now to introduce tonight, Mr.
2: Carl Blaylock. Carl, how you doing? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, found out, you know, one thing I did find out this weekend, Ross, I'm yes. not good at high jumping. I'm not a champion high jumper, I cannot make it over the three-foot retaining wall Uh, (laughs) that separates my lawn from my driveway. Well, I
1: mean, high jumpers are generally tall and lanky, I think. I'm not going to act like an expert in the sport, but I don't know if it's it's necessarily your discipline, but did you have a big tumble here, and are are the legs okay?
2: Oh, the legs, well, yeah, ish. Uh, (laughs) Pretty big gash on the uh, shin, tell you what, but... I, I, think, I think it wasn't so much the discipline as I was sitting there holding a lawn chair, a bag of chips, and a bowl of salsa and trying to jump up there. I, 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 th- I don't think that's too conducive to um, making it up and jumping. But, but, uh,
1: but all in all, you, you are here in good health as of now, standing good health as far as I can see. Uh, all in all, a good weekend for you?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very you- good weekend, but not a good weekend for the Reds. I, Not at all. Well, that,
1: that leads me to my next thing, and I know your, your heart breaks for your beloved Cincinnati Reds. You, you generally wear something red, I feel like, when they're on a streak, because last time you were in here, they were doing well. You're proudly wearing your red shirt. And just when you think maybe this team is starting to turn the tide, they get the best of Arizona in that series. They face a top-tier to, uh, opponent excuse me, in the NL Central, in the Milwaukee Brewers, the first-place Milwaukee Brewers, in a series where they could really make a statement, and they stunk the bed, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they didn't, they didn't look too good in that series. I mean, the first game one on, because uh, they kind of came in, they lost their last game to Arizona on, I believe it was last Thursday.
1: Yeah, it was last Thursday. They lost that one 7-4 to four out in the desert.
2: Or no, that was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Wednesday. They yeah, I knew it was someday. <laughs> they lost that one, uh, and they yeah, they've been they they they're on a little bit of a four-game uh, slide now. I mean, they haven't. I mean, they they looked good on Friday. Uh, they were right there. They actually came back from a little bit of a four-nothing deficit in the fifth inning, came back to you know tie it in the sixth. And then they just gave up a homer in the top of the seventh. I, who even is that? R. Detweiler was the guy who got the loss. I mean, I, 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 I follow the Reds good enough. I have no clue who that is.
1: On well, a season like this, you're going to have a lot of call-ups. Oh, right yeah. Up.
2: And so some reliever who I've never heard of got the loss. And so, you know, you got to expect that if you're going to be throwing somebody out there who, you know, fans aren't even sure who it is. You're you're probably going to lose that. He gave up a solo shot. We lose 5-4. Uh, Saturday was a bit more of a struggle. Um, Graham Ashcraft was on the mound for the Reds, and he finally looked a bit human. He, he's looked incredible. He's been one of those pitching prospects that have looked really good. Uh, but, unfortunately, I'm not sure. It could have been something with Shaken with him because I don't know if you saw the new directive that – the MLB has kind of given out with to where to combat more foreign substances things, you're not allowed to wear anything on your hands, including jewelry. So Ashcraft was sitting there. He had on his glove hand, on his glove hand, he had his wedding ring. Uh, when they did a little foreign substance check on him, they made him take it off. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't even see where that's a a thing. But. Well,
1: I'll tell you where it's a thing, and I'm not saying this uh, from someone that wears jewelry. But if you're probably pitching a baseball, and for the last umpteen years or the last large segment of your life, you've been married. You're probably used to that feeling, you know. And these guys are probably are probably used to that. So I I, I did not know about this directive, and thanks for letting me know about this one. But yeah. You can't wear any jewelry on the hands. So maybe if you're a married guy or maybe someone that's been wearing a lot of bling when you've been going out there, it's probably going to change how you pitch the ball, wouldn't you say?
2: A little bit. I, I don't think it would matter as much with it being on the glove hand, but I think just, you know, the the superstition's yeah, big in this game. Superstition a little bit, and I think also just the fact that, you know, he seemed, I mean, Ashcraft seemed really upset that, you know, he had to take his wedding ring off because the umpire said you couldn't wear it, and he had no clue that was a thing. I don't think anybody in baseball knew that was a thing. That's something that kind of snuck underneath the radar. Uh, so he he just kind of, you know, that that's something to where it was just the mental part of the game probably was what happened with that to where he was just, you know, he was not in the right mindset after having to take the ring off, and that impacted his game. And, I mean, he gave up, gave up six earned runs in seven innings, and that's uh, or five. No, that's six innings. No, five-plus innings. Five-plus innings he gave up six runs. Not great. Uh, that, that was easily his worst performance of the season so far. So, I mean, I think that has more to do with it with that. But and then, you know, the Reds have really been relying on their pitching to get them ahead in games for the most part. So, obviously, they were not doing much. Although, a fun thing was the fact that Moustakas actually did something again. Anytime he does something, I'm stunned. <laughs> Anytime he does something, it's like, wow, he did something. He hit a uh, sack fly to center. He got an RBI. I mean, That's more than what you can ask for, you know, for most. I mean, you'd think you could ask more with his $16 million he's getting, but I guess not. And that also brings into another guy who's getting a lot of money from the Reds, Mike Miner, who pitched on Sunday, and he gave up four earned runs in six innings, which, I mean, again, like, that's not terrible. It's not terrible giving up four earned runs in six innings. This is the same man who you...
1: Enlightened me after I said his last two outings were abysmal. You, you made me aware that he's the third highest player, hide, hide play player on the Rebs. I swear I can teach, talk English. <laughs> yeah. Long road trip. I'll tell you what, got out of the car after eight hours, came straight into the studio, and something is up with my mouth. But the third highest. player on the reds
2: yeah and it's something that especially is really confusing and it's something i was seeing on twitter Uh, a lot of fans are also sitting there wondering is if we were going to sign mike minor to this kind of albatross deal to be honest why wouldn't we just keep wade miley we'd be paying wade miley about the same amount of money and he, he was much better last year and i think even this year i'll have to look and see what his stats are, but I don't think he's doing that badly this year either. I mean, he's not going to do as good as, you know, what he did last year, but he's still, uh, he's on the 15-day. He's on the (laughs) 15-day. He's on the 15-day injured reserve, so maybe not great. But when he has pitched, he's 1-0 with a 2.84 ERA, I mean, he—he's a veteran presence that you know you could really use in this bullpen with it. Compared to Mike Miner, who is kind of just there and eating up innings, he's not doing that good. I think he's one and three. He got—he picked up a win last. uh, He picked up a win his last outing. But aside from that, that's—that's all he's done, and it, it, it its not. He doesn't look like a star pitcher. He doesn't look like a pitcher who's worth $12 million a year. And so it, it, it's, uh, it's a bit rough to see that. But nonetheless, I mean, and then the Reds, once they're behind, they just haven't been able to catch back up. I will say this was a close one because they, uh, in the fourth inning, the Brewers scored three. The Reds answered back with three of their own in the bottom half of the fourth. And then just a sack fly, and then Hunter Renfro hit a two-run homer to put this one out of reach, 6-3. Sorry
1: about that there, Carl. Let's just listen in to Hunter Renfro's big home run.
2: Well hit to left.
0: 13th home run for Hunter Renfro. was hammered
2: on a
1: Renfro belting one out to left field for a two-run home run for the brewers they beat the reds six to three swept the reds right after you know don't forget carl about this time last week i was looking at those nl standings and the Reds were right there with the Cubbies. They were right there. And now they're sitting right at the bottom because the Cubs won a couple games. I think they're three, two games back behind them, sitting at 23-41. and 41. The Cubs are 25 and 41 right now. So they're, they had a chance to get out of the cellar. And it doesn't get much easier, does it? Because the Los Angeles Dodgers come to town, and the Dodgers are sitting right now in first place in the west
2: oh gosh the the dodgers are coming off of a series loss to the guardians uh they played cleveland out there last last week or this weekend and they lost two out of three there they won on saturday on national television seven to one so i guess you at least got that going for you but the other two games they lost two one on friday and lost 5-3 to on yesterday, which, I mean, a lot of people were really excited about with that one. It was, they rallied actually in the ninth. I mean, that's a little bit heartbreaking. I mean, it was tied at three, well, it was tied at three in the ninth, and then uh, Andre Jimenez uh, had a RBI single to center, and then um, Clement, I don't remember his first name, but uh, Clement hit a sack fly to make it 5-3, and they won that game. I mean, that's that's something you don't really see that often. Uh, Clay Kimbrell, Craig Kimbrell got the loss for the Dodgers, which uh, maybe he's starting to get a little bit past his prime as a closer. But nonetheless, I mean, that's uh, it's something at least that you can look at and go, okay, the Dodgers are kind of limping in a little bit into this series, so maybe they can... Uh, May be, maybe the Reds can take at least one or two out from the Dodgers. I'm not expecting the Reds to sweep them. I, I'll be happy if we get one game out of this series, to be honest. But I think, I think that's a feasible thing.
1: Well, how about some positive news from the NL Central? Jack Sawinski had a three-run home run game in a walk-off dinger for the Pittsburgh Pirates. A team that hasn't had much to cheer for, just like the Cincinnati Reds, but he did some history in a, in a sport that has probably the most history because he became the first person ever in Major League Baseball to th- hit three home runs in a game as a rookie, but have the final home run be a walk-off. So if you're a Pirates fan right now, you've got to be a little bit ecstatic about that. Jack Sawinski, he has 10 home runs now on the year for the Pittsburgh Pirates as a rookie, I know he's a Chicago native, because I got to see his debut against the Chicago Cubbies, and his dad was out there in the stands, but he got it done at PNC Park against the San Francisco Giants, winning 4-3. Let's listen in on his historic day.
2: As
0: Sawinski socks one deep to right field, he's left the park, Jack Sawinski ties it. And that dad and that son have a memory right there. Yeah. Tigh ball game. Number nine. How about that? Yep. And there was not much question about it. He's really enjoyed hitting here. He's trying for two. Get out there. Another one. Jack Sawinski gives the pirates the lead. He hit that one long. for the rookie Jack Sawinski. Off a lefty. Oh no. In the air to right. This is deep
1: and he did it again. Jack Sawinski wins it for the play.
0: we
1: just saw it. Jack Sawinski, the Pirates rookie, getting three home runs in a game, going against the San Francisco Giants. I misspoke earlier. Now he has 11 dingers on the season. He's leading the Pirates. Looking at the NL standings right now. St. Louis up top right now with Milwaukee at 38-30. Pittsburgh sandwiched right in the center of the Central at a record of 26 and 39 the Cubbies at 25 and 41 and then Cincinnati at 23 and 43 tomorrow night Cincinnati Reds host the Los Angeles Dodgers first pitch at 6:40 you can listen to all the live action here on 97.1 WATH Carl I always go to you for this one are you giving the Reds much much of a chance against a first place Dodgers team
2: uh oh I don't know I mean, we, we'll, we'll be decent. I I, I I hear
1: that excitement in your voice.
2: Oh yeah, the great excitement. I mean, heck, I mean you could listen in, in that uh, call we heard of the Renfro home run. I mean, you could hear even um, <laughs> even the Reds play-by-play man John Sadak. even he was kind of sitting there, kind of yeah. That's just the way the team is. Uh, wow. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a pitcher's duel tomorrow. I can tell you that much. It's Tony Gonsolin against Tyler Molly. Molly coming off an incredible performance his last time out in Arizona, where he pitched a nine-inning shutout with only two hits. Uh, they ended up with the win because he uh, the game went into extra scoreless, but still an incredible performance by Molly last time out. He's playing Gonsolin. Gonsolin is. Wow, I mean, these stats hop off the page. Eight 0 no, 1.42 ERA, <laughs> sub one WHIP, 60 strikeouts, 20 walks, only giving up four home runs on the year. Uh, I, that's that's going to be a pitcher's duel, I think. Who's going to have Cy the Young, hot Young numbers?
1: Those are like potential Cy Young numbers. Oh,
2: absolutely. I mean, they are. Uh, the only thing you got to you can say about it that maybe might knock him down a little bit is the fact that he's only pitched 63 innings. But still, I mean... this day
1: and age, when they're doing pitch counts, who knows?
2: That's that's still impressive. So I think the key for the Reds is going to be able to be able to get the bats hot because we know the Dodgers will be able to, even if Molly's dealing his best stuff. As soon as Molly's out of the game, it's going to be a free-for-all with the Dodgers' bats with how the reds bullpen is so i i think we're gonna have to see the reds bats step up and get to gonsolin and see if they can give him his first loss of the year Uh, i'm not too optimistic on that though
1: well we can listen to all the live action tomorrow the cincinnati reds play host to the los angeles dodgers you can listen to here on 97.1 elsewhere across major league baseball the early game was the new york mets taking care of The Marlins, they won this one 6-0. At 7.05, the Pittsburgh Pirates play host to the Cincinnati Cubs. At 7.10, the Detroit Tigers head to Boston to take on the Red Sox. At 7.10, the New York Yankees head down south to take on the Rays. Tampa getting two big sports games today. I was down there last time the Yankees came to town, and the Rays won it. It was an exciting matchup. Aaron Judge belted one over center field for a dinger. At 7.20... The San Francisco Giants head to Atlanta to take on the Braves. At 8.10, it's the Cardinals versus the Brewers at American Family Field up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. At 8.10, it's the Blue Jays heading on the south side of Chicago to take on the White Sox. At 9.38, the Los Angeles Angels will take on the Kansas City Royals. And at 9.40, the late game, the San Diego Padres play host to the Arizona Diamondbacks at Petco Park. Okay. Back to our trivia question of the evening. If you think you have the brains, feel free to dial in. You will be crowned sports fans, man or woman, genius of Monday. Here we go. Who's the max all time leading scorer for men's basketball? He played for Ball State. He played for. The Portland Trail Blazers, the Sacramento Kings, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Houston Rockets, and the Hornets. 740 592 6646. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to dissect the U.S. Open. The home of the steak
0: burger is open late, so you can get the burgers and shakes you've been wanting all day long. Steak and Shake on State Street in Athens, Ohio is ready to serve you at the country's best, freshest, and tastiest burgers and shakes. Weekdays get half-priced shakes during their happy hour from 2 p.m. until 4. Find them at 741 East State Street or online at www.steakandshake.com. In sight, it must be right. Steak and Shake. Proud supporters of Reds baseball on WATH. Your sports leaders in Athens County, 970 WATH and WXTQ Power 105. The flag station of your Ohio Bobcats and the home of the Athens County Game of the Week. And on 970 WATH, tune in for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Blue Jackets, Cincinnati Bengals, and all season long, Athens Bulldog football, basketball, and baseball. Monday through Friday, tune in to the Sports Fan starting at 6.06. And stay up to date with local sports. Follow us on Twitter at WATHWXTQ Sports. You are listening to the Sports Fan. On 970 WATH.
1: Welcome back to The Sports Fan. Ross and Carl with you up until 7 o'clock. We just looked over the red struggles. Before the Dodgers come to town, you can listen to that one tomorrow night at 640 here on 97.1 WATH. Special thanks to our friends at j Contracting. We love all you do for the show. This show is sponsored by j k Contracting. Okay, tonight's trivia question of the evening. This is the all-time men's career leading score in the Mid-American Conference. He played basketball at Ball State, Portland Trailblazers, the Hornets, the Kings, the Grizzlies, the Rockets. Who is he? 740-592-6646. Carl, any idea?
2: Oh, I mean, not, nobody's coming to mind okay. at the moment.
1: Maybe I made it too hard. I try to make him a little bit easier on a Monday. I try to make him. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm a Google machine, and obviously the answer's right in front of me. So I think I made this one a bit too hard. Okay, this weekend, the only sport I really was tuned into was the golf the u.s open came and it was an amazing weekend and an awesome leaderboard there on sunday and matt fitzpatrick got it done the englishman gets it done by one stroke beating Zalatoris on the 18th green and boy what a day it was if you were a golf fan because the leaderboard was absolutely incredible Scotty Scheffler, the world number one, was right there in second place. He tied Zalatoris. Hideki Matsuyama had a great round on day four. He came out of nowhere, shot a 65. Uh, Colin Murakawa tried to pick up his third major. He finished at two under. Fitzy finished at six under. Rory McIlroy continued his string of good golf after winning last weekend up in Canada. Comes down to the country club in Brookline, Massachusetts. However, he shot a 69 on day four. He was right in it towards the end. He had a couple birdie putts that he just missed. He finished tied in fifth place. Denny McCarthy at one under. But I guess the big storyline to come out of this one Coming into this, it was LIV Tour versus PGA Tour, because of course the LIV golfers still get to play in the majors, this being one of the four majors, and out of the 15 players that chose to come over, Poulter stayed home on this one, not sure why, he didn't want to play in the US Open, but out of the 15 players that came over, only four of them made the cut. Only four. So the whole entire week leading up to this, it was PGA Tour versus LIV Tour, and I will tell you who left smiling, chuckling, gloated, happy. It's everyone on the PGA Tour because all four of them absolutely bombed. Bryson DeChambeau, a man who everyone was crowning as the next big thing in golf, hitting his monster drives, bringing all the science, doesn't seem like He can play much golf anymore after that wrist injury. Dustin Johnson, another man, also faded back. He was there in the mix. He made the cut. I think he was at even par entering the weekend, which in the U.S. Open, you're in striking distance if you're at even par. The U.S. Open being the hardest, generally the hardest of the four majors, and it was very hard. I mean, we didn't have that many people under par. We only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 people under par out of the whole entire field. John Ram was there towards the end, but he shot a 74. He faded on day four. He was in the mix to become a defending U.S. Open champion, but the Spaniard could not get it done when it came to Sunday. I think the coolest story to come out of this one, though, Carl, John Ram, on day one, I don't know if you got to see this, on day one, on the 18th hole, john ram hit a monster drive he hit about 318 yards it went off into the rough okay that's no big story he hit it right near what i'm gonna say is around a four or five year old two boys just playing there and guess what they did
2: they picked up the ball and ran with it what else would you do they
1: picked up the ball and ran with it as you do when you're four or five years old, and you see a ball in front of you at a sporting event, picked up the ball, ran with it. PGA gave him a free drop. He chipped on, made birdie, and finished with a 69 on his first round. However, the PGA wasn't as nice to Mr. Justin Thomas. Did you get to hear what happened to him out th- this weekend?
2: Didn't he have a drain? He had a ball by a drain cover, didn't
1: he? He had one right by a drain cover. And it was looked to be about 12 inches away. And because his feet weren't standing on the drain cover, the PGA, in their strict rules, said that drain cover did not obstruct his swing. Well, I'll tell you what, it certainly looked like it did because on his very next swing, his ball was pushed to the right. I believe it ended up in a sand trap.
2: Oh, and It might have been one of those things where it was just, it wasn't necessarily the drain cover that was there. It was more <laughs> the... Uh, Mental. Mental and also the slope a bit as well. Yeah. Could have been one of those where it sloped down. I think one of the coolest things, I mean, i I got to be honest with Fitzpatrick. Well, one thing that everyone's talking about this morning is the fact that he won the same. uh, He won the U.S. Amateur also at the Country Club at Brookline in 2013. And the amount of people I have seen to uh, compare him to Francis Oymet. All the way back from 1913. It's it's pretty pretty incredible. I mean, Oyment obviously the uh, Oyment is the uh, father of amateur golf, really. I mean, it's it's something that you know he. he if you've ever watched, if you ever watched the, uh, have you ever read or watched the uh, Greatest Game? No, oh, I have not. Great, great, great book and movie. I think it's a Disney movie. It might have Sheila Beef in it. Or Sheila LaBeouf or whatever. I don't remember how to pronounce his name, but. Uh, <laughs> The book. the book is also incredible um, because what happened in that is they had two professional golfers from Britain come over uh, and play, and then you had this, this kind of unknown 20-year-old kid who really, you know, he was just sitting there playing. He, uh, I think he was close to winning the U.S. Amateur but was, like, finished third or something like that, and, you know, nobody's expecting him to really, you know, do that good against, you know, these incredible British. the guy. I mean, the guy lived around the course his entire life, and what ended up happening was him and his 10-year-old caddy, uh, they forced a playoff against the two Brits, and they won. They won the playoff. They won the playoff and won the U.S. Open back in 1913, and the amount of people I've seen uh, compare Fitzpatrick to Oyemet is just – incredible way too many
1: well we're gonna go to the phone lines right now because we might have an answer for the trivia question of the evening then we'll get back to the golf i have an answer who are we speaking with you're on the sports fan yes gary mckibben i think i have the answer let's hear it walter luckett no it is not but that's a good guess it's a very good guess i need you to think more recently I'll give you another clue. Uh, This person is 45 years old today.
0: Oh, my. Uh, Dave Jamerson. No. Well, that's two guesses.
1: (laughs) Uh, And who are we speaking with?
0: Gary McKibben.
1: Gary. And where are you calling in from?
0: Uh, Athens, just outside of Athens.
1: Okay, Gary.
0: Well. Can you give me the
1: answer? I'll give you the answer at the end of the show, I promise, but we're going to keep this one open To some of the other listeners, as a reminder, for Gary and all the other listeners, this person is the max men's career all-time leading scorer in basketball. They played at Ball State, and they had a very successful career in the NBA, playing for Portland, Houston, Memphis, and Carolina. Well, uh, 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 you want me to say another name? Let's hear it. Dan Palambizio. No. No? <laughs> no, nope, okay. but I, I appreciate the effort. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate you. Okay, when will you give the answer? What time? <laughs> before the show ends at 7 o'clock. Thank you okay. very much. Okay, back to the golf. Matt Fitzpatrick, he gets it done. He's a happy man. He says he can now retire a happy man after winning the U.S. Open.
2: Unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh... Yeah, it's just uh, the feelings out of this world. It's um,
1: it's so cliche, but it's stuff you dream of as a kid. And uh, yeah, to achieve it, uh, I can retire a happy man tomorrow. So, <laughs> I think there were expectations, but I, I didn't feel like I didn't feel them, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know,
2: the, the field's such a such a strong field. So many great golfers playing. Um, but I think for me obviously the expectations were for me, for me to play well, but I feel like having won the U.S. Amateur here as
1: well, I just felt so comfortable around this place. Uh, nowhere to hit it, nowhere to miss it. Um, and, um, yeah, just happy to be uh, unbeaten around. Fitzy, get it done. As you were saying, Carl, winning the U.S. Amateur, picking up his first major, yeah. that, that accent, that's a Sheffield accent out of England, but... One man you have to feel for after this weekend, Carl, is Will Zalatoris.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, back to like what Fitzpatrick said with nowhere to hit it and nowhere to miss it, or you know, that was one thing that was incredible about Fitzpatrick because he had like two or three bad tee shots that he rescued. I mean, obviously on the 18th, think,
1: that, yeah, that the final 18th. one where he shot it into the sand, had to shoot over the island, and he just he made it, right it look so easy. There was an, There was a right onto the green, right on to the green. I mean, and from the 17th hole, he, he was playing his one-shot lead because he was just kind of being a bit conservative out there because he knew that Zalatoris really had to push him and he had the birdie to get it done. But Will Zalatoris, my Uncle Bill loves this guy. My Uncle Bill, um, avid golf fan. He actually, I think he held a bag on tour for a little bit um, long, 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 long time ago for a guy named Matt Reed. Uh, but Will Zalatoris loves this. I love this kid. I love everything he brings to golf. And you have to feel for him. This is his third, second place finish at a major. Don't you think, though, from a sporting mindset, you come in second so many times at the peak of competition for your sport. It's got to be a blow to the gut. Do you think you can come back from that?
2: I think he can. I think, I think the thing that hurts the most about this one is the fact that he was, what, an inch? Not even from forcing a playoff? I mean, that putt was the closest putt I've ever seen. I, that, one got off, that one got me off my couch. Oh. Tell you what, it was such a close putt. I could have sworn he was going to make it.
1: I, I thought it was going in as well. We were rooting for him. I loved... In the last major, he had to hit a, um, on the masters. He had to hit a wedge off of the concrete because they didn't give him relief, and he made it look like absolutely nothing. I, I feel for this guy.
2: He's, he's going to break through. He, I hope he breaks he's through. Break
1: through. He's a member of Dallas Country Club. That's his home course. My cousin's got to play there a couple of times, seen him out there, spotted him out there. An amazing ball striker, a great putter. And humble in defeat, but you know he wants to win.
2: Than, ...than Southern Hills? And... Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I, I battled all week. Um, you know, I, I was pretty sporadic off the tee here and there. I had spurts of really good and spurts of really bad. Um, you know, I, I think this one probably is going to take a little bit more processing than that one. Um, you know, I... I like I said, I got no regrets. I thought I played great all week, um, you know, especially getting off to the start that I did today. Um, it's uh, it's it stings obviously, obviously to have uh, three runner-ups so far in my career in majors. But, um, you know, keep knocking on that door. I mean, we're obviously doing the right things. I'd pay a lot of money for about an inch and a half, and I'd probably be a three-time major champion at this point. So, um, you know, we'll uh, just keep doing what we're
1: Will Zalatoris comes up short in his third major by an inch and a half on that putt. Congratulations to Matt Fitzpatrick. We're going to go to the phone lines now. Welcome to the sports fan. Who are we speaking with? This is Steve. Hi, Steve. Good. How are you today, buddy? Good. Good. Let's an hear answer. it. Thanks. Let's hear it, Steve. Bon- Bonzi Wells. Bonzi Wells. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations, Steve. You are the smartest person in southeastern Ohio by getting the sports fan trivia correct. Bonzi Wells, drafted by the Portland Trailblazers, had a very good start to his career. He finished his career out in China. Steve, you a big basketball fan? Uh, college. College. Yeah. Bobcats? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, yeah. Well, Steve, congratulations. You are crowned the champion. You're going to hold on to that title till Thursday's show. Listen in then for the next Sports Fan Trivia. All righty. Thanks, Steve. Yep. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to break down game three tonight in Tampa. Do or die time for the Lightning. They're down 2-0. Can they get it done on the home ice? The Stanley Cup playoffs when we come back. At Ohio Health, you can see your doctor here, there, or anywhere. Whether it's in person, Hi there. How are you feeling today? Or at home. Hi there. How are you doing? At one of our 200 plus care sites across the state.
0: All right. Let's take a look. Or on your tablet, smartphone, or computer. So when did this problem start? You'll feel good knowing Ohio Health provides the finest care anywhere.
1: Schedule care today at ohiohealth.com/finestcare.
0: Stay informed about the stock market from goldberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker dealer and is independent of RJFS. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970-WATH.
1: Welcome back. Ross and Carl with you. Up until 7 o'clock, we broke down the big red machine and their big breakdown against the Brew Crew. Had a chat about the golf. Now let's turn our attention to more pressing issues because tonight at 8 o'clock, it is the Stanley Cup playoffs. Game 3, heading down to Florida. The Lightning in a 0-2 hole going against the Avalanche, a team that looks far more superior in all aspects of the game if you are a lightning fan now i am sure you have no fingernails left because this team looks old they look slow and they look like they can't stop shots avalanche supremely advanced that's the only way i could put it they're just getting outplayed in all facets of the game right now and this tampa bay lightning team just looks old They've been there, they've done that, but they have their backs up against the wall going against a 2-0 deficit. As I said tonight, the game starts at 8 o'clock. The puck will drop. You can listen, watch this one on ABC, but Carl, has the Lightning ran out of gas? Do they have anything left in the tank?
2: Uh, We'll see pretty quickly tonight. We'll see how they come out with the home fans and stuff. Uh, I mean, the big thing about game on saturday was the fact that tampa bay only got 16 shots that was it horrible 16 shots i i saw uh, i was looking on twitter and i saw a heat map of it and it was incredible because one side it was like yellow and this really light blue and the rest of it there was just you know just a few blue dots just scattered all around that was a lightning's end they they got like no shots there was no offense generated And i got to be honest, I think one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen, ever, uh, I'm not sure if you saw this on Twitter this weekend, Ross, but it was all the Colorado Avalanche fans sitting there singing all the small things while up by a touchdown (laughs) in the Stanley Cup final. It was awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, they're definitely enjoying themselves out in the Mile High City. And to be the champions, you have to take down the champions. And Tampa Bay certainly has proven... That they are worthy adversaries winning the last two Stanley Cups, but as you said before, you can't be going down seven to nothing in playoff hockey. It will not last. Colorado has a chance to really tighten a stranglehold tonight against Tampa. The first game was a bit close, and even in the first game, even though it went into overtime, I thought Colorado looked way better than the four to-three score. Uh, showed, And then in the second game, my thoughts came to reality as they won by a touchdown. The Lightning need to come back with something. Stamkos, where are you? Where are these players? Where are, you know, some of these future Hall of Famers? There's about four guys right now on the Lightning. You can look at their roster and say, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, they certainly aren't playing like it. We'll see where this one goes. This one might be my surefire hot pick of the evening. I'm going to maul it over during the commercial break. But tonight, 8 o'clock, Colorado heads down to Tampa to take a 3 to nothing series lead. We'll see which way this one goes. All right, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, Carl and I are going to give you our surefire hot hot picks of the evening because let me tell you the last time we were in this booth we actually made some history and i'll tell you why this is ryan jewel owner of Precision Tree Experts, located in Athens, Ohio. For 10 years, we have proudly served Southeast Ohio with professional,
2: residential, and business tree care. We offer complete tree removal and trimming, land clearing, and complete brush removal. For a free estimate, contact me at 740-517-8803.
1: Or find us on Facebook at Precision Tree Cuts. Remember, Precision Tree Experts, LLC. We will get to the root of your problems.
0: Fully insured, qualified line arborist available. Call 740-517-8803.
2: Hi, I'm Vivica Fox. For more than 100
1: years, American Humane has been rescuing animals during hurricanes, floods, and wildfires. But Mother Nature isn't the only danger animals face. Sometimes it's human nature. Every year, 6 million animals are abandoned and more than a million are euthanized. You can be a hero
0: to animals in need of rescue and adoption at American Humane. Local teams, local opinions. The sports fan on 970 WATH.
1: What's happening, sports fans? This is the sports fan, presented by our good friends at J and K Contracting. Ross and Carl with you for the next seven to eight minutes. Some breaking news coming out now, Carl. Coming out in the last couple hours, I wanted to ask you about this when we were back on the hockey, but I forgot about it. The Dallas Stars are closing in on a deal to hire Peter DeBoer as their next head coach. Good hire for the Stars?
2: Mm, I don't think so. No, I mean DeBoer is kind of—he's kind of like we were talking about this a little bit uh, before the show. He's kind of like the Mike McCarthy of hockey coaches. He he. He gets carried a lot by his talent. I mean, back in Vegas, he was pretty much carried by his talent. And look how it went this year when the talent wasn't completely there. They missed the playoffs. So I I think that with with the Stars, I think they might be a fringe playoff contender with DeBoer, but they're not going to do anything. They'll be a first-round exit, if anything.
1: DeBoer's resume, this is his fifth NHL franchise. The Devils... And the Sharks, he led to the final. He has 513 career regular season wins. So we'll see if it's a good hire for them. He did some good things out there with the Vegas Golden Knights. But as Carl did tell you, he had a heck of a roster where they got to pluck a lot of good players off of other teams for that team. So we'll see which way that one goes. That leads us into our sure fire hot picks of the evening. I'm going to lead things off, and I'm going to stay in the world of hockey. And I'm going to go against the grain here, Carl. I'm going to say that Tampa Bay gets it done tonight at
2: home. I think the odds makers agree with you, because they're favored somehow for that. I would not take that. They
1: are favored minus 115, so it's basically a coin flip. It's, It's not... Too heavy, but I think they have something left in them, and I think playing in front of their home fans, they have a great, great crowd down there, and the Amali Re- Arena, am I saying that correctly? Yeah,
2: Amali Arena. Amali
1: Re- Arena, one that I've been in twice. I saw a New Year's Eve game this year against the New York Rangers where the Rangers beat them there, but I think Tampa Bay gets it done tonight against Colorado, so Book that one in. And before I throw it over you, Carl, you told me that we did something we haven't ever done before since we started these picks. What was that?
2: So we've only been uh, keeping track of it really this month. But with our Surefire Hot Picks, uh, for the first time since we've been keeping track, which has only been about uh, seven, seven rounds of this, but that's still kind of impressive. The first six, we went every other. Either you lost and I won Or You won and I lost. Right. Well, finally, if you would have bet both of ours uh, last Thursday, you would have gotten double money.
1: There you go. You would have been rich. All you have to do is listen to the voices coming out of your stereo right now.
2: Well, sometimes. For me, I'm going to go to Omaha for my surefire hot pick. And we're going to go woo pig suey minus one and a half against Ole Miss in the College World Series. I say book it. And not only not only are these two fighting on the uh, on the baseball field, uh, I'm not sure if anyone has seen this on Twitter. I was showing Ross this. There's this College World jell Jello Shot Challenge. There's a bar in downtown Omaha called Rocco's. They have four dollar fifty cent Jello shots, which is that's a bit expensive, but they have a board up there, and they have pretty much whomever will you know buy these. They, whoever buys these, you know, they ask them, hey, you know, what team are you supporting here in Omaha? You know, between all the college World Series teams, so this is incredible. Uh, it's it's a two-horse race between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Arkansas actually opened a real, uh, pretty big lead in this, but then Tyler Jordan, uh, Ole Miss alum, and he he does stuff with Realtree. He just bought 900 shots.
1: 900 shots. 900 900 shots. shots.
2: 900 jello shots. So, the way the board looks like right now, Arkansas. $4.50 a piece. Yeah, $4.50 a piece. Yeah. But here's what the board looks like right now Arkansas has 4,644 shots bought. Then, in second, you have Ole Miss, just about, oh, only about 80 behind, with 4,000. 579 shots and then in a very very distant third you have the Aggies at Texas A&M at 585 shots
1: now being a studious student such as yourself Carl I I take it you're never on the jello shot train
2: not for (laughs) $4.50 I'll tell you that much (laughs)
1: Wow, that's, that's quite the promotion right there. It, it creates a bit of a, I guess, friendly competition between the schools out there. But you are going with Arkansas tonight, correct?
2: Yes, Arkansas Ar- minus one and a half.
1: Arkansas minus one and a half. I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning. If it's anything like last week, we will go 2-0 and again, and we'll start this week off. Katie Ledecky win her, won her fourth 1500-meter freestyle title. Extending her record to her 17th overall. Simply amazing getting it done in Budapest, Hungary. If you're a swimming fan, this girl is an absolute legend getting it done in the pool.
2: She's a female Michael Phelps, in my opinion. It's incredible seeing some of the races I've ever seen in 2016 in Rio. It it was incredible. She was beating them by the entire... She was almost passing people.
1: Yeah, she's just something special. She'll go down as the GOAT. Or swimming. You know, she's going to be right up there with Phelps. I mean, it's just going to be her and Phelps, won't it? But that's all we have for you on today's Sports Fan. Tomorrow, no show because the Brewers host the Los Angeles Dodgers. I want to give a special... Brewers. Th- I'm sorry, the <laughs> Brewers. The Cincinnati Reds host the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm never doing a show again after I get off of a road trip. My brain is not firing on all cylinders. I want to give a special... Shout out to Megan Combs and Ryan Combs on the birth of their baby, a future Bobcat. That's us. That's the wrap from Ross and Carl. We will see you on Thursday afternoon.